Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Talent Factor Podcast. My name is Trey Talley, the L&D Dude. And I'm Veronica Reed, the HR Millennial, and we want to help you multiply your impact by maximizing your talent. On this episode, we speak with Kim Newton, Senior Corporate Trainer, Instructional Designer on Microlearning. What got you started down the rabbit hole of microlearning? I tripped. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. I, I literally kind of fell into it when um, I was working on a project, but I really needed to chunk it out into smaller bite-sized sections. And then I thought, well, what if I just present and do, do the tell them about it and then have a little video to show them what I'm doing and then have them do it. <laughs> so it, I really tripped into it, found out that it's an actual thing that professionals do. <laughs> That's awesome. You're, you're smarter than you knew you were, right? Right. I didn't know it was micro learning until somebody else coined it. Darn the luck. Um, and so, and that was really back in my public sector work, trying to navigate the hospital with multiple different diverse learners um, from novice, intermediate to advanced learners, and, and really trying to find a way to, to reach them where they were. That's awesome. Well, it sounds to me like you didn't know what it was. All you knew was it worked. It worked. Right. I don't have to have a name for it, but right. now that there is a name for it, microlearning, and it's talked about, people are writing books about it, blog posts out the wazoo about it. Now <laughs> it's we, a buzzword. <laughs> it is. And now we kind of have to define it, right? So, right? so what makes, to you, what makes microlearning a microlearning? So how do you define microlearning? You know, it's it's taking that one task, that one piece of information, breaking it down, um, aligning it to your objective. What do you want to change? What is the behavior that you want to see your learners take away, and then build from there? That's what I, what that's what I would define microlearning. Awesome. So, what is um what how would a microlearning look different than if you aligned it to objectives and had behavior mm -hmm. objectives or performance objectives and it was longer? Mm -hmm. um, what's the what's the length look like on something you know, like that? Eight minutes is about the longest that you want to have um, a microlearning um, segment. Usually, we build things in instructional design worlds. We we kind of go thirty minutes, forty five minutes, an hour, two hours. It could be, you know, a whole instructor-led program for a week, right? So what this really eight-minute push is, is to break down it, break down the content by task that's aligned to the overall objective, that's aligned to the overall educational goal, and put the learner in, in the driver's seat, so to speak, where they are um, engaged and interacting with their own lesson. So it's it's also a YouTube kind of spin, right? So we are in a cyber world that is give it to me what I want. I'm going to watch the first eight minutes, nine minutes, and then I'm going to tune it out because I'm already done. So why not flip that script and say, okay, well, I'm going to actually share with you and teach you something 
that has a long-lasting effect on the behaviors that we want to change. I think that even though we didn't realize it, television was doing this a long time ago. Yes. Through ad campaigns. <laughs> they were teaching us that we wanted Coke or Pepsi, that we wanted Snickers when we were hungry, right? So they were taking this concept of micro-learning and really breaking it down into a commercial. And, and so I think we've been conditioned as human beings to see things in how fast can we achieve a goal. Absolutely. Now I'm hungry. So thanks, Kim. Oh, I appreciate sure. it. <laughs> yeah. Now there I'm was hungry. our plug for That's Snickers right. Maybe we can get Pepsi. Snickers as a sponsor. <laughs> there you go. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> so is sometimes the medium is specific <laughs> to the definition of a certain thing. Absolutely. Do you find define micro learning by a specific medium or can it be all kinds of different mediums? Right. I you know we can we can leverage technology um, to meet the learner where they are. So if if you're an organization that's using Slack as a communication tool, you can certainly plug it in, just pin it to the to, to the Slack channel that you want to lead your learners to. They can go and watch it at their leisure. They can refresh to it all the time. You know, you can just really make it accessible. We've um, been tinkering with putting it on as a ticker. So when somebody opens up their computer on our HRIS kind of homepage type thing, that there would be a ticker along the bottom saying, hey, check out this new, you know, whatever widget, you know, that we're talking about. That's awesome. So yeah. it sounds like you're taking a little bit of a cue from marketing world as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So, Kim, I know that your position typically falls under human resources. Yes. And so I work in human resources as well. And I know one of the challenges is getting that buy-in for, you know, any kind of program that you're doing. So how did you get buy-in for micro-learning at your organization? And what advice do you have for, you know, someone like Trey and I kind of in an individual contributor position that wants to kind of push new ideas and we want to get that buy-in? Go big or go home. Oh, that's <laughs> I good. It. I love it. Just go big. Do your due diligence. Um, I said doo-doo. That's okay. This is a podcast where <laughs> um, you can say doo-doo. Okay. I actually wrote the word poo-poo into one of my <laughs> questions. So yeah. Whoops. You're in good company. So so go go big. Um Take, take it the initiative and be able to demonstrate, walk the talk, right? Be able to demonstrate really the efficacy of microlearning as, as a um, learning tool. Because when, when you step out and you say, I believe in this and I, here's my research, I know that this is effective, it's, it's a powerful way to reach and engage. It's a shorter build time for me as an instructional designer. I can build it faster, quicker, smarter, better, and then we can push it out. Because in an agile tech environment, we move at the speed of light, right? Our, our workforce is just, they're, they're here working on a project. All of a sudden, the sprint review comes up. They're, they've changed something. The widget has changed or whatever. And you have to be able to meet that where they are. And when you understand your learners, so that's the first thing. Take your pulse check of know, know your learner. And then when you're actually promoting it, you train, <laughs> like take a micro-learning on how you want to change their perception of it, right? 
and use your own microlearning to teach them that they should buy into it. Does nice. that make sense? So yeah. use microlearning to teach to, about microlearning. To teach about it, exactly. Sounds like a great idea. Because when you can, when you can get that buy-in and, and get that support, everybody's going to want microlearning. Yeah. <laughs> they really will. They, they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And if it's effective in convincing them, you mm -hmm. can say, hey, were you convinced? It did its job. I just proved exactly. to you that e-learning or micro-learning can do. Can do. That's right. awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So how specifically would you bring that? So say I'm the individual contributor. Mm -hmm. I listened to this podcast. It's like, dude, Kim is spot on. Mm -hmm. Micro-learning would be good for us. We're a really fluid, mm -hmm. agile company. I've got to bring this to my director, to my manager. Mm -hmm. What's the best way to approach them about can I... Can I share this idea with you? Sure. You, there's a lot of resources available through, um, if you're in the Articulate 360 camp, um, Articulate has an amazing amount of um, content and just downloads. Just get in there and play around with it. Check it out. Uh, Google, do a Google search. There is so much free access to the content on how to build a micro-learning program um, and, and just get in there and tinker with it. Get yourself comfortable with it first. Know the language, know the concepts, understand what to ask, when to ask, who to ask, um, and, and then just hone, hone in on it. And your passion for it is going to come through the way that you deliver that message. Absolutely. Your own enthusiasm exactly. is sometimes the most convincing bit of yes. any presentation. Yeah, that's what I used. That's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, we kind of touched on it just a second ago. Mm -hmm. um, you know, eight minutes is kind of the max that time is a big consideration mm -hmm. with micro learning, mm -hmm. uh, both in delivery, mm -hmm. accessibility, as well as creation. So I guess as far as time, saying time matters, does your process for creating micro learning differ from your process for creating longer full-fledged e-learning and and if so how mm -hmm. yeah so there's you know when i when i st first started taking a content or at my current employer so we build out a digital banking platform so there are widgets within widgets within widgets right and we have third-party um, apis and all of these things cores all of this information that we need to be able to train our new alchemists that are coming on board and one thing that I started doing is like really saying, okay, what's nice to know and what's have to know? What do you really have to know? And really sometimes it's just about laying that footwork for them to build their, build, walk across the bridge. Um, and so taking that from a 45 minute to an hour long e-learning or instructor-led and saying this widget needs this content and this alchemist needs to know this. How do we get there? And, and it really kind of highlights itself, you know, what you want to achieve. Um, and so being very laser focused that it's one topic, one objective or two, you know, and, and so when you do that and you're really succinct and concise, Time matters. 
So that wh way. whether people use like an Addy model mm -hmm. or a SAM model, yeah. you know, whatever process you apply to creating that 45 minute thing, mm. do you apply that same Absolutely. process and steps? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You still want to have, you still want to have your analysis and your, that's where you're getting to know what your, your needs are because if you could create something and it's just spaghetti thrown on the wall, you're going to see what sticks. That's not going to be as useful as something that's really thoughtful and intentional. So when you are building it out and understanding, you've already identified what your learners need. So basically that creation process for mm -hmm. a micro learning is the same as another type of learning. Mm -hmm. um, maybe even that analysis phase is even more important because mm -hmm. it's so laser focused. It is so laser focused. You really, you really need to be very intentional with your questions. And I actually have like the questions that I ask myself um, to say yes or no. Is the training compliance related? Yes or no. Is your learner very interested in the content? Yes or no. Um, is this topic covered in depth but forgotten when needed? Because if you can't pull it back out and, and, and it's in that, you know, abyss, <laughs> you, you know, how, how, how are you going, going to re retrieve it? Um, is it a break in your content? Um, is it able to be broken up into discrete chunks? Can you really get it broken down? The next one is, the, is content related to a change? Are we expecting a change? And have we identified, here's your base performance, here's where we need to go, here's how we're going to get there. So then the last one that is here is, um, can we keep the content top of mind? Is it something that we need to continually reiterate over and over again to kind of embed culture, for instance? Mm -hmm. how, how are we really embedding a culture change or shift? mindset shift. So those are the kinds of things that we like to take a look at. And if we can answer yes and no, then we're going on the right path. So I know you kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but does the process for creating micro learning, is it shorter for you or do you feel like it takes about the same amount of time? You know, it is, it is shorter because I have, I, I typically have, um, not as many slides to create, not as many, you know, interactions and animations and things like that. And I can use different, different authoring tools, whether it's Articulate or I do a lot in Premiere Pro and Spark, um, an Adobe product to create those short video explainer clips. Um, and, and so that part of it, I can, I can use templates to my advantage that way that are a big time saver. And the content is really, really narrowly focused into one. And so you don't want a whole, you know, 20 page essay, something like that, that you have to dissect and get through. And um, does that make sense? Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. It does. Well, and you know, the, the, the speed of micro learning that it's short enough, they can, mm -hmm. they can watch it quickly, get the information quickly, make the change quickly is really mm -hmm. important but then you get to accessibility, right? So if you've mm -hmm. got this, you know, five minute learning that's really helpful and it takes three minutes to get to the five minute learning, all of a sudden you've almost undone some of the good of that. So we all know accessibility you is important. hit the nail on the head right there. So how, how, how do you deliver micro learning? You know, kind of like to LMS or not to LMS? That is the question. <laughs> that is the question. Um, generally our micro learning is, 
something either distributed through an email and it's a clickable link or it's not, L we typically do not do microlearning in an LMS. We capture some analytics through our Slack channel and Slack bots. Um, however, it it is on a very high level click per view type thing, um, not an analytic, did they answer, you know, did 80% of our workforce answer this question correctly? It's not at that level. Um, and, and because we, we want to take those snapshots. If I publish something out today, who watched it today, who watched it tomorrow, and then who watched it in a week? So we can see kind of that timeline and trend that way. Yeah. So just to kind of add on to that question a little bit, so how do you measure the learning? How do you determine, mm -hmm. did the learners get what you wanted them to get out of the micro-learning? How do you determine Yeah, that? so when we come back around and we do the, the feedbacks and we'll... Um, actually send out a message either through email or or through slack and and run a poll and say how you how did you use it what did you do to to use this information what do you need to know what did you forget how how is it how is it helpful in your day-to-day -day? and with the the culture being so important at my current um, employer that was how we were able to say, are you using our culture compounds in your day-to-day? -day? And so 30 days after they would go through the training, that was their messaging. How are you using trusted accountability? How are you using innovative, um, courageous innovation? You know, those kinds of, that's that. And so when you come back to the learner and you have to bring it top of mind again, that's when you're really building those connections like, oh, this is important. And the CEO, all the way through the executive leadership, all the way through every, it's pervasive through every part of the organization. And when you can hear people talk about it in the lunchroom, that's when you have some magic. Absolutely. So everybody, of course, loves microlearning right now. And right. Like you said earlier, it's a buzzword. But there's always going to be a few naysayers. Oh, going to sure. be a few people that misunderstand mm -hmm. what microlearning is. Have you encountered that in your organization? Someone that kind of misunderstands what microlearning is, what's the purpose of it, what they should get out of it? You know, I I think that that, that devil's advocate kind of um, approach is still needed because we don't have a lot of brain science around microlearning just yet. It hasn't been really studied in long enough in trials and things like that. So going, going to that extreme, an, a person that has a strong um, instructional design background that's in the traditional Addy model or even SAM might say, you know, I, st I still really feel very strongly connected into my one hour um, design build, right? I, I have to have enough content. I have to get deep enough and, and build on those critical thinking skills. The thing about right now for the workforce is that they're moving so fast that, that by the time that they've actually sat through a one hour e-learning or instructor-led, they're, they're switch tasking so often that what did they really retain and what, what did the behavior desire outcome really end up to be. So I think that there's some important 
considerations there that, yeah, I respect the naysayer because I know that they're coming at it with thoughtfulness, right? Um, and it's not like I want to persuade everybody into my, my lane, so to speak. But I, I think that with my open-mindedness, I can kind of set the stage that that's, a, that's kind of a, a value that I, I really hold dear is having an open mind. Um, and then let me show you how it can um, solve problems and serve people. Because ultimately, that's what we all really want to do. Well, you, you heard Kim, great advice, respect and appreciate the naysayers. Mm -hmm. The naysayers. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. All right, well, we're going to shift gears just a little bit sure. because we love to talk content, uh, but we also like you. We, we pick guests that we enjoy being around, and we think our <laughs> listeners will also enjoy being around. And so now I'm nervous. Um, don't, you may need to be nervous. I'm not sure yet. Uh, we do a segment uh, on every episode, uh, kind of play a little game, sort of a little late night kind of deal. And so today, your your segment, your your game uh, is called Choose Your Own Adventure, right? <laughs> so I've got to choose your own adventure for you. Okay. You get to walk through it, okay? Sure. All right. So you are an Iowa girl, right? I am an Iowa born bred corn fed girl. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we're going to take your adventure to Iowa. Okay. All right. So uh, you live in this beautiful farmhouse on this beautiful Iowa farm, cornfields as far as you can see. Mm -hmm. And it looks like it's about to rain, but you're not quite sure. But you want to go and play in the cornfields. So you open the door, you step out onto the porch, and you have the decision. Are you going to stay inside and play, or are you going to risk it and go into the corn. I'm going to risk it. Yes. Always. <laughs> That's awesome. I want to dance in the rain in a cornfield any day of the week. <laughs> that right there might be the quote of the whole podcast. Right. I'm going to dance in the rain in a cornfield. That's fabulous. Okay, so you chose to go for the cornfield. So you head down the steps. You step into the grass. You're actually barefoot because you live in Iowa, right? Who needs shoes? <laughs> Are you trying to say that people in Iowa don't wear shoes? Right? No, I'm saying they actually have grass, so you can walk around without <laughs> shoes true. on. Like, you're going to get our podcast off the air. It's going to be a lot of people Only in Iowa, Iowa mad at us. That's okay. <laughs> I, I don't know how many Iowa listeners we'll have. If you're from Iowa, we offended you. We apologize. I love you, Iowa. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. So you you stepped out into the grass. You've headed out into the field. The clouds are coming over. It's getting a little bit darker. Mm -hmm. You head out into the field, and you get into this spot where uh, you can either go left or you can go right. Left is towards the, the open skies. Right is toward the cloudy skies. Sure. Right is more exciting. Mm -hmm. Left is a, a more boring walk. <laughs> so where do you go? Are you turning well, left? Being the Iowa girl that I am, I've been through tornadoes that can drop from a cloudy sky <laughs> in like on a dime, right? Just in, in a second. So I'm going for clear skies and then I'm going to look back towards the clouds and <laughs> just watch them pass right on by because I just can't. I, I, I've lived through too many tornadoes in Iowa. I know better. <laughs> so you're not afraid to take a risk, but you're not stupid. Yeah, 
This is true. I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> you you could end up in Oz though if you took a right. You, you never know. No. That's my that why well, might be where the story went. You ended up in Oz and you're Dorothy. Better chances end up dead. <laughs> that is probably true. All right. So you turn left and you go toward the kind of sunshiny clouds. It's a, a, a yes. more boring walk, but you're headed that way. Mm-hmm. You see the clouds behind you, and as you get to the end of this little walk, there is a farmer standing there. You've never met them before. They're completely unfamiliar, Mm -hmm. and they're holding an axe. Oh, man. Do you say, hi, my name's Kim, nice to meet you, put your hand out to shake it, or... Do you go, stranger danger, and run the other way? Oh, no. I'm asking him over for pie. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, That's my awesome. I thought we were because he's got the axe because he probably just chopped down some trees or something. And, you know, farmers in Iowa are, are salt of the earth. They're, they're, too, they're too amazing. Now, if he has a hook on a hand or something, <laughs> I don't know. Um, or a... So, you know, a hockey mask on his shoulder or something yeah. like that. I that I might, you know. Well, your final decision mm-hmm. led you to discover that this farmer that you've never met with an axe is actually your uncle that you've never met. And oh, he's a lumberjack cool. and he's coming to meet you for the first time. There you go. See? Beautiful ending to the story. True. Oh, well, thank you for playing with us. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do with people's play. That's good. I mean, it, it just lightened up the the mood, and you know, there yeah. you go. Play with Trey. Ta-da! <gasps> Ta-da! Well, let's let's jump back into uh, into our content. Okay. You know, we talked about making decisions along your adventure, and so when it comes to micro learning, you've got to make some decisions, right? Yes. About uh, we made decisions about time. But now we've got to make some decisions about audience, mm-hmm. right? So um, the, the first question would be, are some audiences better than others when it comes to utilizing micro-learning? You know, I think for workforce training in general, um, you really have to be very um, targeted, specific. Because if, if you try to target um, a standardized approach, it becomes very compliance checkboxy. Check um, and learners, people pick up on that. I mean, if, if you're kind of pushing something just to get it across the line or something like that, just to check a box to meet some kind of arbitrary standard somewhere, um, learners will disengage immediately. And, and so how I like to approach that is when I'm doing the needs analysis, I really want to understand what the what the learner needs out of it what are are they intrinsically motivated to learn you know what's their learning style what's their their behaviors what's what's their strengths so at my current um, employer we do a lot with strengths finder and so what does that look like so i'm working right now on creating uh, micro learning around how does this top strength finder result um how if you're a woo how do you how do you show up every day and work with somebody that's uh, has strategic and executing theme in in their top five or an adaptability top five and how are you going to work with somebody that's got a learner in their top five and and so right now that's kind of my micro learning focus is to develop those kinds of conversations and 
so how I make that relatable to my audience is I'm going to say, hey, are you a learner in your top five strengths finder? Check this out. And so I really let them pick the nugget that they want to learn, which then collectively changes the whole. That's awesome. And a great plug for one of our guests on the podcast, uh, Brandy Shade, is a strengths finder coach. Oh, and super cool. So I didn't know that. She's going to be talking about uh, how to make yeah. an impact, you know, talk about culture and strength. So yes. a perfect plug. So that's if that's amazing. something else you're interested in. Yes, very um, much so. You know, take a listen to, to the podcast I will. with Brandy. Oh, that's amazing. Sure. What types of content or skills have you found microlearning most effective for? And kind of add on to that question, do you change your microlearning so for executives, would you do something different for them as opposed to maybe someone in more of an individual contributor or entry level role? You know, learning, knowing who you're playing to is really important. Um, so I try to split, split it down the middle so that I, I can still be relevant for that executive that needs to hone in maybe on maybe some business acumen, right? They're learning and, and being coached or mentored. Um, but then that individual contributor also needs to have kind of that framework, um, so that they can deepen their skills, broaden their horizons. I, I do find value in creating, um, good, better, and best type scenarios inside a microlearning where it's decision-making, you build it into a decision tree kind of interactivity and, and you allow the learners in a risk-free environment to, to make a good decision and then guide them how along the way they can make a better or a best decision using industry best practices and things like that. Um, and so then I, I have found that that's really relatable to people and through that genuine approach and caring and um, connectivity, I'm able to, to, to really tap into both sides of, of the office. That's really fantastic. I love the idea of giving them a choice at good, better, and best as opposed mm -hmm. to good and bad. I think, I think that's exactly. iconic. That's it's fantastic. It's super cool. And it really bridges... Um, the learner that said, because we want it to be, we want learning to be fun and engaging and, and intrinsic, right? It's very personal. And if somebody is told eh, that was wrong, how, you know, Pavlov's, you know, we're not going to keep going back and get the wrong answer. So, so, but when we, we make that shift and we really put them in an environment where it's risk-free, they don't have to worry about being laughed at or teased or ridiculed or have something penalized on their performance evaluation. Sometimes when we assess learners in, in the workforce, we have to be really very aware who, who's using that information, who, who's taking that score on that e-learning or that assessment or that instructor-led evaluation, who's taking that information and then making business decisions with it. And, and so that's really an important component, I think, um, to, to establishing those kinds of risk-free environments. That's awesome. Is there anything that you'd like to share before we before we end the podcast that we haven't shared yet? Sure. If you're, you know, if they're in the North Texas um, DFW area, there is a North Texas Articulate User Group. 
Um, so if you are an Articulate user. Um, what would be the next one? May 6th, I believe. And I will be presenting microlearning. Ooh, no way. Yes. How perfect yeah, is I that? Know. That's kind of cool. We're so excited. I would definitely make sure to go. That's check awesome. That out. awesome. That's, yeah. That's so good, Veronica. That's awesome. Well, Kim from Veronica and I, thank you very, very much thank for joining you. us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. Yes. Thank you. Yay. For bonus content, click subscribe in your podcast app, plus follow and like us on social media. I'm Trey Talley. And I'm Veronica Reed. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Talent Factor Podcast.